gosh, quite the introduction. Thank you, Don. <clears throat> um, ladies, there's actually so many incredibly organized people in this room today, Kari being one of them, if you hadn't noticed, she gave a lot of great tips. Um, but you can go to my house right now and um, I still have so much organizing to do. And with every season, or I should say every moment, things are changing and so I need to organize. So you start out in the stage you guys are in with the baby items and the bassinets and the bouncies and all the toys and the clothes rotating constantly. Um, and then it quickly grows into all the memorabilia of your kids at school. And then it's, what do I do with all this stuff that my kids just went off to college? And, and then you move into a parent passes away or something and now you have their stuff to deal with. So this is something that just keeps going on. And I would love to say at some point, yes, I'm organized. Um, so today I hope to, uh, that you'll take away a few helpful tools to order your day in a way that you can have more time, energy, joy uh, to accomplish what God has a will in your life, has his will in your life. So let me pray. Father God, thank you so much that you are a God of order. And Lord, thank you for these ladies here today that just want to glean from your word and are here to glorify you and honor you in, in their homes. Uh, Lord, I ask that you speak through me, uh, that it would be your spirit, not my words, and that you would let them hear what they need to hear and calm my nerves and help me to stay on uh, point here. Thank you, Lord. We love you. Amen. Amen. <laughs> so, as Elizabeth Elliot wrote, um, work is a blessing. God has so arranged the world that the work is necessary, and he gives us hands and strength to, do, strength to do it. There would be not enjoyment of leisure if we had only leisure. It is the joy of work well done which enables us to enjoy rest. So God has given us the most important job ever. And having order in our homes and our lives is biblical, and it's key in every area. There are so many verses in the Bible that mention the importance of time with the Lord and the care of your families and the marriage relationship. But what about being organized? Well, the Bible does teach that God is a God of order. For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace. 1 Corinthians 14, 33. He is a God of peace and harmony, order and clarity, not strife and confusion. Order implies a neat and logical organization of items, tasks, and people. So when our room is in order and it's been tidied and everything's in its proper place, there is less confusion, there's more peace and harmony in our homes. All through Genesis 1 and part of Genesis 2, we see how God's universe is orderly. He has created everything in an orderly sequence in a six-day span. He created the sun, the moon, the stars to regulate time and seasons. Another example of orderliness is our living bodies. We have a heart that pumps blood through organs that are designed to receive it. The brain fires thousands of messages per second to regulate pain, temperature, respiration, and thought. And there's so much more that demonstrates that God orders everything in every detail that he orders is vital. 
God's creation of time is another indication of his orderliness. God exists outside of time as we know it, but he created time as a way for the earth to mark changes. Time is orderly, it's sequential, and does not vary based on anything mankind can control. Time keeps us orderly. Rich, poor, young, old, we all have the same number of hours in our day. The sun will rise and it will set on a schedule no matter what may be happening on earth because God is a God of order and he keeps everything in motion as he first designed. It's his orderly hand that holds the world in place. So he is before all things and in him, in him all things hold together, Colossians 1.17. God is also a God of order within his own person. Although no human being can fully comprehend the Trinity of the Lord God Almighty, we see orderliness in the three persons of the Trinity, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. They're distinct persons, yet they function in complete harmony. John 14, 26, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and remind you of all that I said to you. Within God himself is completeness. He needs nothing. Our God is within himself a complete God of order. Because God is a God of order, he deals with us in orderly ways. So he sent his son, Jesus Christ, into the world at just the right time, and he did have a plan. Galatians 4, 4. But when the fullness of the time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law. He prefaced the arrival of Jesus with nearly 5,000 years of a sacrificial pattern designed to teach people about holiness and repentance. God did not spring the idea of a savior on the world. He spent centuries patiently preparing the world in an orderly fashion. So how can we honor God by having orderliness in our lives? Well, first you heard from Gay on quiet time. So Mark 10, 42, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Do you need time to sit at the feet of Jesus? Having order in your life gives you more time to spend reading God's word, meditating and praying and then he will direct your day. You need to be filled with the spirit and covered in prayer before you go to battle. So make quiet time a priority. Pick a place that you have your quiet time every day. Um, have a prayer basket. I didn't bring a prop, um, but have a basket with your Bible, your notepad, your devotional, um, a tissue if you need it your special coffee cup, whatever it is, have it. I remember with little kids, a lady told me that. Um, an older lady, probably younger than I am now, told me to have a prayer basket so that I always knew where to get. Because if you only have 15 minutes, lady, ladies, and you're looking around for your Bible or wherever you left your thing, it's, it's hard. You know, you've just wasted, and then your kids are up. So... Um, that, and then she also told me to have a notepad and a pencil. And so if you're like me and you're trying to do your quiet time and you're like, oh, I've got that doctor's appointment. I know I'm going to forget it. Oh, I need to take meat out of the freezer, you know, for dinner tonight. Just jot it down and move on. 
jot it down, move on, because then you can look at the notepad afterwards and go, okay, got it. That helped me a lot. I love what Gay said about planning for next year. Pick a topic to study, like joy. Memorize and meditate on the Bible verses talking about joy. Study them. It doesn't have to be joy. I'm just picking joy. Um, study them and pick some books that are on joy. I just love that she had a theme for her year. Um, memorize and meditate on Bible verses that are talking about joy. Um, you can do other things like your read through the Bible in a year or just something more simple about devotion, uh, a devotional, but plan something. It doesn't start with a perfect home. It doesn't start with delicious meals and the parent appearance on Instagram that we have this perfect marriage. It starts with our relationship with Christ and the strength and joy that he gives us when we are weary and heavy laden because motherhood is weary. We get weary for sure. Secondly, Betsy spoke on meal planning, Proverbs 31, 27. She looks well to all the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of illness. So meal planning creates order and gives us more time to focus on what's truly important and helps when your time is derailed and the unexpected happens. So little reminders from that. Meal planning generally saves time, saves money, and blesses your family and friends because you're less stressed at that crazy meal time. And you're able to um, bless your friends by having extra meals made or having hospitality of inviting somebody over. And lastly, Cammie just spoke on husbands the last time, um, Proverbs 31. Uh, her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. Boy, would I like to hear somebody say, that to me. So in our home, if our home is in order, will you have more time to be joyful, to enjoy and to think about and serve your husband? Ladies, when it comes to your husband, communication is key. Date him, involve him in the planning and strategizing for your home whenever possible. My husband has such a great perspective on what I can realistically handle in my day and what is truly important to him. And most importantly, it unites us as a team to work together to honor God. So if you don't have a Christian husband, you're still um, called you know, to submit and respect him as long as it's not sinful behavior. And God knows what you need. So you can still involve your husband. He doesn't have to be a Christian. And then if you're single, um, find a mentor to help you. There is wisdom in many counselors, Proverbs 15, 22. Without consultation, plans are frustrated. But when with many counselors, they succeed. So being organized um, in your budget and finances. In Luke 14, it says, For which one of you, when he wants to build a tower, does not first sit down and calculate the cost to see if he has enough to complete it? Everybody's budget is going to look, it's not going to look the same, and our priorities will not be the same. Like Kari did such a great job of, you know, demonstrating that we're all created differently. So don't compare yourself. But we do need to know where and how we spend our money, and it helps to save for those unexpected emergencies. So if I'm going to manage my home, I want to do it with excellence unto the Lord. 
you should definitely have some sort of budget. Um, and if you need help, ask. There's lots of people in this room that can help you. So how do you create a budget? Um, most of the time in our marriage, I paid the bills and created the budget. And then Andy would look it over and make adjustments. And we'd talk about it and he'd ask me questions, even like, do the boys really need van tennis shoes or can we do a Walmart brand? You know, whatever. He was very detailed and very into the budget. So <laughs> we even went to even brands or something. Um, but it was very helpful because it's okay. It doesn't say in the Bible your husband has to do the budget. If he's busy starting our business and working, and I like numbers and I like doing it, then there's no reason that I can't do it and then he comes alongside and checks it. So track your spending, step one. Uh, believe me, I know this can be a real source of contention for some marriages, but it is so freeing to work together. Um, it humbles me a lot and makes me aware of my spending. Last Sunday, Andy approached me and he wanted to reconcile all the counts and the credit cards and all of that stuff. And um, I dreaded it but we got through it. <laughs> and, um, and I was convicted again about my spending. We're not on the same budget as we were back then, but I still need to be on a budget. Um, so I just needed, he works so hard and I need to be a good steward about what God has provided. So that was good. Uh, step two, look at your income. Uh, we've been self-employed. So through the years, our income has fluctuated a lot. And we had a lot of budget meetings constantly. Um, seven kids and a fluctuating economy. Our income has been all over the place. And I remember how humbling it was to have people from my church showing up my, my door bringing us food. I can almost cry thinking about it. And I must say, it's a lot easier to be the one bringing the food than accepting the food. That's super humbling for a prideful person like me. Um, but. But it's great to have the church body, and I'm so thankful at that time. So um, step three, observe your current spending. So track your a couple months, and then observe what your current spending is. And then step four, adjust your spending. That's creating the budget. And then step five, set financial goals. So this would be great to do with your husband. Uh, set up a time to go over those items with them. It takes time to get started. Um, but it will save you so much time in the future because all we have belongs to God and he allows us to steward these resources and how we manage our home, our bank accounts and all that is in them is another way to demonstrate um, our Christian homemaking. And by honoring God with our resources, this will bring you more joy and peace and you also bless your husband and family. So, there on there, I have the YNAB ad. I don't know if this is outdated, but it was really great budgeting tool. It was an app that could follow all your spending. Um, and then Dave Ramsey, who's been still around from back in my day, he has a lot of free resources, budgets, and so forth that you can print um, online. And I know that there are so many other resources out there that all of you ladies have at your table and you can share resources. And Kari just gave another great um, organizing resource too. So there's so much more than what we had. I loved Betsy's thing where she said, 
you know, we had to wait a month for the cookbook to come in the mail or whatever. I mean, instant gratification now, you guys, is something. So money-saving tips. Um, I, I put this in your handout. I won't go over all of them, but number one, I wanted to point out a few. So pray about your finances. You need wisdom for your purchases and thanking God and having God, you know, just that he provides for you. Uh, don't buy impulse. I don't know if I'm the only one that does this, but it's amazing how many things I don't end up buying if I wait 24 hours. I sleep on it. Or I talk to somebody, like even my daughters who might be in this room, who say, you do not need that. <laughs> and um, so how many times do you buy something and you say, well, if I change my mind, I'll take it back. Yeah, I don't. It sits there. So... Agree on a set amount of something you're going to buy out of the ordinary and you just make kind of a little pack that you don't buy something for over that amount without checking with your spouse. So this isn't really regular items, um, but more like decor, power tools, whatever, because it goes both ways, unless you guys are the ones buying the power tools. Uh, shop the church email. Boy, there's a lot of great stuff people have on that church email, and a lot of it's for free. Wow. Facebook Marketplace, garage sales, that's a fun date, too. Um, trade with your friends, you know, with borrow a dress for that Christmas party you're going to, ladies. You're going to wear it once, and it's going to hang in your closet. Um, and then just trading toys. There, we have so many toys. Uh, I'm back saying we because I have grandkids, so I have toys. <laughs> So, let's see. And then the other thing is trade services with your friends, if you can figure it out. Like, if somebody cuts hair, cut somebody else's hair, and maybe they'll change your oil for you, or, or other budget-saving things that you can do. Uh, share meals. You're making a meal. Make it double. Put it in your fridge or drop it by somebody's house. Hey, you know, do you need dinner tonight? Um, budget and plan for the holidays and birthdays. Boy, this is where I failed at this, you guys. Totally not stuck to my budget. This is one of the biggest areas of impulse buying because I know the kids will love it and it's such a good price, like at Costco. Yet they have so many cool things I can't live without. And the Costco prices, ladies, are excellent. So... So I've decided because I'm tempted at Costco that I'm not, and I'm not a huge shopper, so Costco is like a candy store for me, like the organization store. Um, I just go as often, not as often as I used to, and maybe I pay a little bit more at the grocery store, but it actually saves me money overall. And my husband's like, why do you just not buy it? It's like, I'm fleeing temptation. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, okay, that works. <laughs> So, all right, so being organized through scheduling and priority, prioritizing. So what is your mindset? Um, in First Peter, whoever serves is to do so as one who is serving by strength, which God supplies, so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belongs the glory and the dominion forever. So are you doing everything for the glory of God, including the order in your home? So 
are you using excuses? I'm just not the organizing type. That's Kari. I need to pay her to come to my house, you know, or rely on your memory. Like I do that a lot and don't make a grocery list. And then you know what happens. Um, think that once XYZ gets finished, then I'll have time to do it. Well, XYZ never goes away, ladies, so just get it done. You don't have time to plan. Honestly, you don't have time not to plan because planning saves you so much time in the long run if you'll just sit down and do that. Um, my situation's different. My husband's never home or I have to work. Those are all tough things, um, but pray about it and God will show you and help you. Um, how much time do you spend on social media? Is there any time in your day you can redeem? Proverbs 21.5, the plans of the diligent certainly lead to advantage, but everyone who's in a hurry certainly comes to poverty. What would you like to prioritize in your home? Do what bothers you most first, and then find out what bothers your husband, and do that first. Uh, my husband actually mentioned the kitchen junk drawer the other day. He's like, why do we have this junk drawer? And I was like, ooh, note to self, gotta get to the junk drawer. So um, most of the tips on how to organize, um, I realize there's a flip side to that. Some of you might thrive on being organized and have a great system and a schedule, and that's fantastic. Help the rest of us and share your tips. But the, there's a huge pendulum that swings from laziness in our disorder and complete chaos to an unhealthy obsession where things in order and there, there's no joy and there's no rest and they feel crippled with anxiety about having everything in its place. So there are people, resources, helpful tools um, so that you can have joy and peace in your life and home in home because those are extreme examples, but they're real examples. So if you're struggling with any of the being severely kind of out of balance in that area, please reach out to somebody, your mentor mom, your ladies at the table, because we don't want to be either of those extremes. We really want to be balanced. And balance looks different for everybody. So great resource for organizing your home. I didn't print it up, but so this is modernhomemaker.org. I put it on there, Donna Auto. So this is like 60 pages if I were to print the whole thing up. It's free. So it's secrets to getting more done in less time. She has everything, ladies. She has the prayer basket. She has purse organization, kitchen organization, like lots of tips. She has kids' schedules. She has like daily, weekly, all kinds of schedules in there. So anything you're looking for, and I know that there's many more resources than this out there. Um, this is, she's actually more old school, you know, as far as she's probably my age. But just seek, seeking to, you know, secrets to getting more done in less time. It's just great. She's got a lot of good ideas in here. So I would recommend going on there and printing up, you know, whatever works for you. Okay, so organizing tips, calendar. I find this the most important tool. Get your family calendar organized. You've gotta start by knowing what your obligations are. I still like writing in a planner um, so I can see the big picture. Are any of you guys like total planner people? Like you live by a planner? 
Okay, a few young ones. <laughs> no offense, Colette. <laughs> but we grew up on planners. Yes, yeah, so, so um, I would suggest maybe like a Sunday nap time or something. Plan for your weekly schedule and either plan with your husband or have him review it. Um, I love the big calendar, like a big whiteboard monthly calendar that you can write on and erase and change it every month and everybody can see that. But if you like a regular calendar or planner or, um, you know, even if you're tech savvy and you know how to plan on your phone, more power to you. <laughs> Whatever works. And the calendar shows what everybody needs, where everybody needs to be and what you need to do. And this helps your husband or anyone else that's helping you. It helps um, them know kind of how they can help you. Um, make a schedule and calendar for a, your kids, your little ones. They love to know what to expect. And it's funny, I put the finger painting and the Play-Doh in here. And so obviously we have issues with Play-Doh. But I literally had to tell my kids and put it on the calendar that we're finger painting today or we're Play-Dohing today or whatever because I did not like the mess and any of that. So if it were up to me, I would never do any of those things. But they always had fun and it was a joy and I was really glad I did it. But I had to put it on something visual so they could hold me to it. <laughs> so... Another thing is you have to allow extra time in your schedule to train and discipline. If your schedule is so packed and there is no wiggle room, then it's overscheduled and you need to reevaluate. If I had to be, what worked for me most of the time is if I had to be at a place at a certain time, say I needed to have the kids in the car at 2.30 because we had to be somewhere at three, I would in my mind say two o'clock. The kids need to be in the car at two o'clock. And then that just helped me because I had that 30 minutes. I deceived my mind and it works, it's amazing. <laughs> I just planned that and, and we'd be in the car by 2.30 usually, you know? So, um, of course, sometimes we'd still be late, but at least you have a buffer of time. You have those, finding those shoes, a discipline issue, whatever needed to be done. Uh, do things the night before. Kari already touched on that. Um, I know you're tired, but take an extra 15 minutes to pick up, to clean, to get things ready for the next day. Clothes laid out, whatever you can put in the car the night before. Like last night, the centerpieces, the tablecloth, as much, you know, my Bible, everything was in the car ready to go, so I didn't forget it for this morning. Because if, if I don't, inevitably I'll forget something but and especially church days you guys I mean Sunday mornings how many times I had the grandkids I mean I have a hard time getting my grandkids to church on time too so I'm I'm relearning this all again and it's really fun like man I thought I had all this time um, so assign um okay so household cleaning like I said there's so many resources and like Kari mentioned um you know, there's everything from your pantry to whatever. There's a little snapshot of it. Um, so that is a snapshot. Remember that, ladies. Don't get too hard on yourself and compare. But um, there are a lot of resources that will help you. And just so use those. Um, assign a day. That was helpful. You mentioned your laundry method. I hadn't heard that one. That's great. Um, go by room. 
we did like a Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And then if I missed Monday, because an event came up, then I knew I had to do it on Tuesday or Wednesday was really just a really heavy laundry day. Um, or the other system, you could do whites all day, darks all day, towels all day, whatever. Whatever works for you. Um, when the kids were growing up, I had a boy, and then I had three girls in a row and three boys in a row. So I had a dot system. So if any of you have a large family. So the dot was one dot for the oldest, two for the next girl, three for the next. And so when that girl would grow out of her clothes, I'd add a dot. So now she became a, that became a two-dot outfit or a three-dot outfit. And then if somebody was helping me with my laundry, they had a one-dot pile, a two-dot pile, a three-dot pile, because it's on the tag or on the back of the shirt or whatever, the little laundry pin. So that helped, that worked. Um, if you can afford it and your husband is on board, get help. Um, I didn't have family available, so I hired help for cleaning my house for a season, and I had a lady help me. I shouldn't say for a season. She's been with me 22 years now. <laughs> so, she's part of the family. <laughs> but, um, so, and I had a lady help me with the twins while I was trying to homeschool the other ones. Um, those twins, that was a kick and a half, having those boys. Every time I turned around, they were in the trees or somewhere. <laughs> or a rattlesnake in the front door in a box, you know, whatever, I couldn't turn my back. So I would hire this, this little old grandma and she came over and had so much fun and they still say, Miss Keen, Miss Clean. Her name was McLean, but they called her Miss Clean. It was appropriate. So um, my husband worked a lot, like I said, he was running a business and doing all that. So it was our priority that we set aside our budget, that we budgeted for that so that we could be peaceful, like I could enjoy my husband and my family and not always be worried about cleaning and getting all the things done. So it was just enough help so that when on the weekends, he wasn't working all the time because he'd be actually sometimes working. So then just those hours that he had that he didn't have to do it, um, just be doing cleaning or yard work or whatever it was. and. I would be complaining or nagging at him. That's not how we wanted our marriage to work. So that was something we prioritized. Uh, color coding for the kids. So again, with a larger family, I had a purple girl and a yellow person and a blue person. And so their cup was blue, their backpack was blue, their notebook was blue, their toothbrush was blue, their towel was blue, their beach towel was blue. And then I would look around and I'd, I wouldn't have to go through the seven names of kids to figure out whose towel was left on the floor. I could know that's the purple girl <laughs> or the blue boy. Uh-oh, sorry, don't mean to throw it. <laughs> or the cup, put your cup away, or you didn't finish your milk, whatever it was, I could identify by color and it saved time and a lot of brain power. So, so. I, I recommend that system, it worked pretty well. And even their scrapbooks are color-coded. <laughs> so, are you cleaning and getting something done while you're on the telephone? Um, set up specific times to answer calls and texts. That can be so distracting to stop what you're doing, answer a text, and then move on if you kind of have a, a window where you could do that and let people know, hey, I answered during this time. And remember, oh, throw away the junk mail immediately. That's what I said too. 
Um, and then remember to make your home a refuge. It doesn't have to be perfect, but it needs to be comfortable. So stuff. Uh, Kari hit on a lot of a lot of things about purging. It's super important. Uh, we all we did the throw away, give away, put away. That can go for your kids' clothes, kids' toys. It can even go for kitchen pots and pans, etc. Um, it's pretty self-explanatory. You have this, so but get your kids involved too, because it can be intentional about involving them, helping them declutter, donating, and having an empathetic heart. All those extra toys and that extra stuff you have is a wonderful way of turning the excess into a blessing for somebody else. So toys in boxes, um, have a few at a time. Like if, if we can take boxes and you have a box of books and you have a box with the train set in it and you have a box, you know, you have three boxes with these things and they're playing with those three, boy, it makes cleanup a lot easier for them and for us. And then you have new ones. So the next day or the next week, you rotate those boxes and they have new toys. It's like Christmas all over again. It, and it really helps eliminate some of the frustration um, of having too much. They're just overwhelmed and therefore you're frustrated with them trying to clean up and you're frustrated. And I got a magnetics thing for at Costco. <laughs> <laughs> For my grandkids, and my disclaimer though, we have CG childcare in there too, and I you know, told my husband, it's also for them. But anyway, it's like a puzzle putting it away. I'm like, okay, forget it, this is going in a box, you know, in a little box instead of trying, it's like takes 15 minutes to put it back in its original box, so. Um, break it into little tasks, the junk drawer, the pantry, the kids' closet, the bathroom drawer. Um, Schedule it and make a list and a little bit of time, a little bit at a time works wonders. Use a timer for yourself, you guys. Have you ever tried this? See how much you can get done in five minutes. You'll be amazed. You can unload the dishwasher. You can sweep the floor. Um, you can even prep some dinners in five minutes. You'll be shocked, so try it. Clean your purse up out while you're waiting somewhere. Um, clean out your car every time you get home and train them to take out their stuff and pick up their trash. The, I'm with you, Kari. Tra the car is a pet peeve. If it's like, and I love your organization stuff. I'm gonna take notes of that car organization. Wow. Um, establish a specific place for keys, wallets, dirty clothes, backpacks, mail. Um, that helps a lot too. Then everybody knows. I'm, I have a pet peeve about my kitchen and everybody comes in and they load, unload on the kitchen island, everything. Well, it get moved around the corner into the picture room. There's a little credenza there and everything gets moved there because it doesn't belong in my kitchen, according to me. So <laughs> some have learned and some have not. When I was actually practicing with my husband, it was really funny because he looked and he went, <laughs> he go, he's like looking around like, oh yeah, I don't do that. So anyway, it's all in fun. And, um, Kids can help. They love it and it helps build responsibility. So like an 18 month old, even younger, can take things to the trash, learn to pick up toys, put laundry in the hamper. Three year olds can clear the dishes, help load the dishwasher, get dressed, put pajamas away. Do any of you have a four year old and pets? Four year old and pets. You do? Okay. 
In fact, well, I have a little thing. I didn't bring it up here, but I'll give you this little chore chart and it has dog on it. That's why. And it's this little thing that you can, they can move it when they've done their chore, they can move it over. And all of a sudden now it's green that they did it. So it's kind of cute. So I was going to give two of those away. So, um, all right. And then five-year-olds can set the table and, um, you know, do a lot of stuff for five. I mean, push them, like assign them more than you think they can do. You'll be surprised what they can do. And it's super helpful. So again, include your husband's input. Every home will look different and our husband's priorities and work schedules will vary. So ask his priorities. Sit down again, this is a communication with your husband, and say, what is the most important thing that you would like me to get done every day? One to whatever. Well, you have a tough day and things are not going well and you look and you go, okay, I remember priority one and two is this. So that's all I can get done today, but at least I'm getting one and two of his priorities done and he'll feel honored and respected that you at least were thinking about him and um, doing that. 15 minutes before your husband's due home, ladies, make it a game, run around, get things picked up. Straighten up your house, get your kids involved, make yourself look nice, like brush your hair and your brush your teeth and you know, kind of look like you're happy to see them. And don't forget a smile. Happy heart, ladies. <laughs> Maybe even the children's face washed and clothes on would be helpful too. Looks like. <laughs> so, and most of all, that again makes them feel loved and respected. And be sure to smile throw that in again. So since we're approaching Christmas, I did include a list of fun Advent ideas to keep the fun and the spirit of Christmas alive. There's so many great things to do, and those are just a few. Um, but you can look at those, and I'm sure, again, there's so many more ideas on Pinterest and so forth that you guys probably have great things. So first, throw out the notion that your home must be perfectly clean and organized. Showing God's love to others has nothing to do with matching socks or a shiny sink. While I strive to keep my house neat and clean and teach others how to do the same, I often fall short and that's perfectly fine. While I've given you some practical suggestions, let's remember that our homes, our marriages, and our families are our first ministry. And we think of, when we think of our home as a ministry, it's easier to remember the why behind the work we're doing. So in Galatians 5, 22 and 23, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. The spirit gives us these fruits in our lives. It is the fruit of the spirit that is bestowed on us as we come to Christ. So let's do all things with the right heart and be joyful and cultivate a peaceful, orderly home. And for Thessalonians 5, 16 and 18, Paul wrote, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Being organized should be a discipline that we get through prayer and being grateful for what God has given us, and then rejoicing through the process, not perfection, but striving to honor Christ and order in our lives. Thank you. This morning, we are talking about organization. 
I can't see this morning, so I have to put my glasses on. Um, so we're going to start with Chelsea. Chelsea. With Christmas coming and added presents, what do you do currently or have you done in the past to prepare for the influx of new toys and gifts? Okay, well, first I have to make a caveat that most of my notes were already shared today and that's because Moms by Grace is the best. <laughs> and everything I learned and everything I do is from Moms by Grace. So keep coming and thank you guys who have just led over the years and put so much of your time and early mornings and all that. So anyway, um, so practically speaking, how I got ready for that, I mean, I would just clean everything out. So like we've talked about, um, your kids just don't need as much as you think they need. Um, they also really enjoy helping to clean out the areas. So I've always noticed that my kids play a lot better if I say, um, you know, okay, let's organize all the figurines. They will play with the figurines for the next hour while I'm cleaning everything else up. You know it's true, that's why you're laughing. So, um, and that's like really young. That can start really young. Um, they, just, they just don't need that much stuff. I always made sure that I had lots of books out, like accessible for them to play with, because that's a lot less messy than figurines and that kind of stuff. Um, but your kids, like they like to play in the dirt. They like to get a Tupperware and fill it with water outside, probably outside or in the garage. Um, so I think I would just get rid of a bunch of stuff. So that was kind of my number one. Um, and they could donate it. Someone had mentioned, one of you guys had mentioned that today to kind of make like a donate pile. Um, find a friend. If something's in good condition, they could like decide to give it to a little friend at Sunday school or in the neighbor. Um, one of my son's favorite toys still is a little hand-me-down Thomas the Train. And he's eight. And he still just thinks that's so cute that he knew that came from his friend's heart. So that's yeah. so sweet. Okay, along those same lines, I'm addressing this still to you, Chelsea, because you have the youngest kids in the piano. Right. Um, uh, along the same lines, how do you show gratitude to grandparents while asking them to limit gift giving? Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, if you're a grandparent in here, listen. <laughs> um, I would say this one, well, first of all, okay, so there, there are some techniques that we've used over the years, one of which is give them ideas of things that you either need um, or you want for your kids. So anything from like Lakeshore Learning, Rainbow Resource, they used to make fun of me and they would say, is that what mommy wants or is that what Bria wants? And I'd just be like, that's what mommy wants, like who cares? <laughs> Bria's gonna like it too. So we would all learn and they loved it. Or the biggest thing, if you didn't want more in your house, and you guys all know this, like give them ideas for experiences. Say, hey, they've been wanting to see this new My Little Pony movie. Why don't you, here are some dates. Like, why don't you make up a little certificate and take them on this date or whatever. They love that. Um, the boxes, the subscription boxes, they love, if you guys know what those are, like the Kiwi Crate and that kind of thing. Those are some good ideas. Um, New art supplies, like things that you know your kids maybe are gonna grow into soon. Um, and then, so showing gratitude to them while also kind of like asking them to limit just kind of takes a little bit of time. So I would send pictures of them, like playing with the things that they gave that I suggested. That I was like, oh look, they love this so much. Obviously be genuine, like don't lie. But it took a little, it took a couple, 
years of them to learn, like, I, I really do know what my kids want, and they don't want more of those figurines that you saw, or whatever. Um, and then just be patient, and like, who cares? If they give, like, really, if they give you too much stuff, and it's messy for you, like, they're doing it because they love you, and they love your kids, and that's really great. And you can box it and put it up in your, you know, closet to pull out later when they come to visit, and be like, oh, yeah, let's play with this, or on a rainy day, or something like that. So just feel loved and get over it. That's great. Thank you, Chelsea. I have to say, I have seven, my oldest are seven and eight, and um, my oldest grandkids are seven and eight, and um, you know, the best gift I've given them is a thing of paper. <laughs> Wrapped it up and gave it to them. They love it. They're like, color on it, throw it away. Color on it, throw it away. <laughs> I'm sure your daughter's excited about that too, or your daughter-in-law. <laughs> Oh, thank you. That's great. Um, Tiffany, would you give suggestions for finding moments to clean the house and add organization to an already busy, busy schedule? Yeah, so um, for us, um, cleaning and organizing, I know it kept our, or had our kids to do it too, so it wasn't just me. Um, we had a small house back then. We had two bedrooms, no, three bedrooms, two and a half baths, and it was really small. Um, so it wasn't that difficult um, for us to keep it organized and clean at the time, involving our kids as well. Um, but I knew that before I went to bed, I wanted to make sure that the, the kitchen was clean, the sink was empty, the floor was picked up, um, not, not toys all over the place. Um, so that was dishes washed right away, put in the dishwasher. Um, and that involved my kids being able to do that with their chores. Um, as they were growing, they each had whether it was taking out the trash, um, bringing the clothes down. So even at the age of two, they wanna help, right? So that's the best time, because as they get older, they don't wanna do it so much. So <laughs> take advantage of that with the cleaning wipes and um, um, they wanna vacuum, um, but the dusters you know, quickly became swords and um, lightsabers. <laughs> so we worked through that, but um, <laughs> nevertheless, they enjoyed cleaning and being a part of the family with that. Um, I'd have several cleanup times as well to keep the organization of the house and to keep the house clean so it wasn't just all the time because I knew I wasn't going to have a clean house in one day the whole day. It would just, I'd rotate and it'd go back around to where bathrooms were Mondays, Tuesdays was maybe dusting, just however it works for you. Um, but um, the cleanup times were through the day after the toys were done being played with on to the next schedule of whether it was Play-Doh, I loved Play-Doh. I had a great time with Play-Doh. <laughs> um, yes, it was messy, but I loved Play-Doh. Um, so the kids who couldn't do Play-Doh came to our house. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but they cleaned it up, right? We all cleaned it up together. And so it helps them to keep things clean and put away. Um, not that it was always done. It wasn't done all the time um, the way I wanted it, but I wanted them to have the confidence that they were cleaning and getting it done too. I didn't go right after them and you didn't do this right and clean it up the way I did it. I would encourage that so that they'd want to keep doing it because I knew they were two, three, four and they'd get better at it. Um, I would just do it after later on at night, you know, when they were asleep or something. But um, so with that, I also taught my kids to play, how to play with their toys. So they couldn't take them, bash them, throw them throw them at each other, balls they could throw, but it just kind of depended. Um, things were taken out one at a time. Um, there were boxes for the trains and the tracks and then boxes for 
um, the stuffed animals, uh, just different things that they could take down. They couldn't take them all down. There was just a few taken out. Um, I, I liked our table as we were talking about that, that they're doing that organized and having um, self-control with that by bringing out a couple toys at a time um, so that they didn't scatter all over and you couldn't find which pieces. Sometimes that happened and it was, it was sometimes, it wasn't all the time so that we would just clean it up together. It was always me helping and doing it. I wasn't the delegating one and saying, hey, you do this, you do this. We did it together because I wanted our kids to have these life skills. Um, and so, um, let's see what else I have. Oh, so I didn't have, I didn't have a toy store in my home. We were very minimal at that time. We were there for seven years in our house. So we did get lots of gifts um, at times and we were donators. So they didn't come and check on us. So if they did, I would probably put it up high and bring it down for Papa to see, but they didn't come and check. They just wanted to check mark and give us a bunch of stuff. And um, later on became money, cash into an account. So that's something that we could, you know, discuss with the overgivers of, you know, mm -hmm. putting cash in account. Um, but we just didn't have the room in our house for all these toys that would come um, at the time. I think I gave too much. Yeah, no, I love that. That's great. That's great. Um, and I think you answered, I was going to say, so how did you balance with what you wanted, how you wanted your home to look with you know how it really is reality with having a kid with having kids so you kind of answered that but it, do you have anything else or anybody have anything else to add to that like how you balance you know what you have in your mind the way you want it to look but then you still have kids living in your home and they need to live and um you know enjoy life we were just sharing at our table i was encouraging them that with seven kids all different um, they are all, as you know, married now and out of the house, and they're all pretty neat. Like, they do keep a neat and orderly house, so I'm encouraged that even though when they were in my house, it was a constant battle, and, you know, it wasn't done exactly like if you want your daughter's clothes to be folded perfectly in the proper drawer and all that, maybe you loosen up a little bit, and as long as it gets in the drawer, you're good. Mm -hmm. And when they have their own home, they do seem, from my experience, to take care of it, and and that's encouraging. Yeah. I have something to add to that. Um, for me, that's like my biggest um, struggle in this organization is I am one of those that it becomes like a god to me. I want my house to be clean. I want to impress when people come over. And so when I train them in that, it's really, I'm really training my own heart um, because I tell them, hey, listen, like, we want to be a nice place for people to come and relax and um, play with our toys and have a, you know, a nice place. People are going to want to eat here if they, they're not going to want to eat here if they see that it's gross. So we want them to feel comfortable here. So that's why we want to do that. Yes, but we're not doing it to impress them, you know. And so just by kind of using those words with your kids, I know a lot of them, they're young, like they're two and babies, but you can be kind of like saying that to them now, like, hey let's tidy up because our guests are coming over and we want it to be a nice cozy place for them. Do you want to, you know, help me, you know, set this out for them or whatever. So kind of including them in that and seeing the heart behind it. And then that also helps me and my heart in not doing it for the wrong reasons. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. And also you can say safety because my mom lives with us. Mm. So it's a safety issue if the toys, she's 86 years old. So you could also use the safety issue yes. if people are coming over. Yes, absolutely. Perfect.
Um, okay, Greta, this one is for you. So you gave so many great tips when you were speaking, but what tips can you give so moms can be better prepared for unexpected things like sickness, teething babies, when days don't go as planned. So like having supplies if you can't get to the store. So things like that, what tips can you give us for that? Okay, so first of all, um, be prepared to hold your baby or your little one a lot and your calendar or schedule loosely, especially after this talk. But um, what's really helpful, um, and I've talked to Ingebrit about it a little bit too, just to get up to date on things, um, is stock up. Um, this may be more important than you realize, um, especially now with the supply chain issues. Um, if there's coupons or buy one, get one free, whatever, if, you, if your budget can allow it, just stock up. On things like um, food, like crackers, when they have tummy issues, I found the boys were at my house and they had tummy issues and I didn't have any like saltine crackers. Uh, soup, popsicles, extra dinners in the freezer. Um, and then follow um, somebody that you agree with um, in the social media that some of the benefits of social media. So you look at the resources that align with your preferences to treat like common illnesses to, so you feel prepared and not panicked. Googling symptoms sometimes freaks you out, you know, and all of a sudden your kids got cancer and going to die tomorrow, you know? And so if there's somebody you trust and whether you are for vaccination or not vaccination, that's what I'm saying. Like, like if you're really organic or you don't care what your kids eat, whatever, um, follow somebody that you agree with and they'll be able to really steer you with some good healthy alternatives or um, natural alternatives to medicines. But you should have medicines in your home, like whatever um, natural oils you want, or if you want the Tylenol, the Motrin, the Epsom salt, all of that kind of stuff, you should have that there. You should have um, cleaning supplies, like disinfectant spray and laundry detergent, because you might have messy things that you need. Make sure you have that stocked up at all times, toiletries, toilet paper, paper towels, a thermometer, the cough and fever medicine, the diaper cream. Oh boy, that was a big one recently. Like if you have the stomach issues and then their little bottoms are burning up red, um, it's nice to have something, a diaper cream you can use right away. Uh, and then have secret stash of special toys or coloring books or sticker books. Mm -hmm. um, exclusive movies they can view. That's a great thing about them not watching a lot of TV, that if they're sick, then you know they get a special show. Um, build a fort in the room where they're laying down, um, play a game with them and encourage them like to rest what you were looking yeah, at. Yeah, no, that's great. I love it. And I would, um, as a grandparent, I would just add, could you make a list of things that you want your grandparents to do when your kids are sick? So, like, what, what kind of medicine they can give them and things like that, just so that, you know, we can be on the same page. Yeah, because it has you. changed a lot. Yeah. And you guys have a lot of, I mean, even just the feeding, the way some of the baby led feeding, weaning, fed baby, I don't know, whatever that, whatever that feeding program is, that even as a nurse, it kind of like freaked me out that they were gonna choke on my watch. Yeah. Um, but you know, you guys, everybody, things have changed. So um, yeah, on the grandparenting thing, definitely yeah. let us know. I know I fed the wrong things and 
I gave deli meat. I didn't know there was anything wrong with deli meat. <laughs> yeah, so just, just make those helpful lists for us. <laughs> That'd be perfect. Okay, Chelsea, how did you teach your toddlers to pick up their toys and stay organized when they were little? Did you have any helpful, do you have any helpful hints for us? Yeah, I really liked what Greta said that they will rise to your expectations. I thought that was just a really good reminder. Um, it might be easy to sit and think like, well, they're too little to help. They're definitely not too little to help. We were talking at our table about how young your kids can be to even just put their shoes where the shoe spot is. Like that can happen at two or younger, you know, and just show them where it goes and they'll start doing it. Um, so it's the same with like toys. Um, and so you're gonna just wanna make it really easy for them. So the like bins are great. Well, the biggest thing is to keep it simple, get rid of all the stuff. I just kind of keep coming back to that because people are more important than things. Um, but just making it easy for them. So doing little bins that um, maybe you don't have your fire, all your fire truck supplies in this one and all of your trains in this one, but you have instead all the transportation in one. Does that make sense? So like they're not gonna figure that out at that young of an age, how to do everything very specifically. So unless you wanna be up every night doing that, like some people that I've seen definitely do that, it's gonna be on you forever if you do that. But if you make it easy and, not, and be okay with it not being perfect, then they're gonna be able to help you a lot sooner. Um, and that even is like with clothing. I remember hearing at Moms of Grace, I think it was Beth Plesnick, and she shared that um, if you want them to start helping you, then just be okay that it might not stay folded in the drawer. But they'll do it for you. So like, which one do you want? Like, you, you want them doing it for you. That's the answer. Um, and then the last thing for that is have them do it at other houses. So I don't, as your kids get older, like at two, three, when they see like, oh, I have to do this at the other houses too. Like, this isn't just something that my mommy's making me do. And my kids always preferred to do it at other people's houses, right? Yeah, so they'd be as little as like two or three and they'd see a bin and they'd start like putting everything all in there. And I was like, oh, okay, this is good, this is working. They might not do it for you, but they will do it at another person's house. And then you can see, oh, they do know what's going on and raise your expectations a little bit higher after that. Yeah, so. That happens in every season, just so they, you know, they, they'd rather do it for other people than at home. It's still happening at 18. Yep. Oh. Um, Tiffany, can you give us suggestions for a morning routine and an evening routine to have happier hearts throughout the day and more peaceful dinner times? <laughs> um, I thought about this um, for a long time. This is a long time ago. Um, what came to my mind was um, having our schedules. That's, that was our routine. Having our scheduled things and the time slots, that was our routine. And that created throughout the day as we'd go through child training and all of those things that would come up with cleaning and just switching on to the next thing. Um, it created a happier heart for, for my kids, for my kids. Um, and didn't mean that we had to stay strict to that schedule because in case someone needed help or there was a neighbor who needed some food or you know something had happened, we wanted to be able to break off from that routine schedule so that we can help them. Um, so being, being flexible because too much freedom um, does not lead to a happy heart throughout the day. So even the playtime had to be cut off at a certain time. Like I was sharing, um, they're having so much fun and playtime was maybe 15 minutes, but they're having so much fun and getting along. So I would cut it 
and then change it to something else so that they practice, oh, I have to stop this fun, happy thing. Oh, I don't want that. So we would train through, oh, because they're just, they're upset because they're having so much fun, but I would stop it so that they knew nothing's, everything's not always fun and games all the time. You know, even though you're having a great time, this is great. Oh, just let them play for 30 more minutes or whatever sometimes, and then sometimes not. So it was just a, a balance between that. Um, and then um, we wanted our kids to work hard. Um, so we would make sure that the I would work hard with them. Daddy wanted them to work hard. So make sure, making sure they're going outside a lot as well and digging holes and filling them back up if we didn't have work to do. Just working hard because it's moms were trying to make it so much easier for our kids now. Um, teachers are calling them the lawnmower moms where they just pave the way. Now it's just everything's given for them. They don't have to really do anything or handle anything. Um, and then um, what was important was peace before daddy came home. So that's part of that routine schedule for the day for happy hearts in the evening um, because of asking him what is important to you, right? Asking those questions. And for him, it was coming home. I want to leave work at work and I want to just come home and be with my family. And so that's when my kids got a little bit older past, gosh, probably when they were in middle school that we decided to have a uh, landscaper come and just take care of the yard because that took the whole weekend but um, so that he could have fun with the kids and do things. But that was before they were trained to run a lawnmower, work it, pull the weeds, do all those things. Um, but when daddy came home, that's when the toys were picked up and let's get ready. He'd give us like a 10 minute call. He's coming down the road because his commute was back then was like an hour and 15 minutes, which today would probably be two hours and 15 minutes. It was Irwindale. Um, but um, come, he's coming home, dinner's getting ready and he comes through the door and they want to tackle him. So he was a wrestler and then our boys were in jujitsu. So they loved it. And he'd come through that door because then I'm not doing jujitsu. Um, I mean, I get down and stuff, but they were rough boys. They, I had to teach them that gentility, and that's when Gabriella came along. It's like, oh, that's where we learn the gentleness. But um, that actually, for us, created this this smoother transition into Daddy gets my time, and then now we can sit down and have dinner a little later after we have our time and talk about the day, go through things that um, you know the kids want to talk about or we want to talk about. Um, so those were those were fun times. Trying to make it fun. Yeah, that's good. I love it. Okay. Um, Greta, would you give some suggestions to the young moms for, um, oh, well, we kind of, we kind of already yeah, covered that. a lot of those. Yeah. So do you have anything else that you wanted to add about grandparents and um, gift giving and um, even at birthdays and things like that? Anything to add? Yeah. So I had similar things. Um, first of all, remember that um, they're likely just excited the grandparents um buying things because it's fun and they want to show their love mm -hmm. so just make sure you have that heart and then there's varying degrees of personalities and the seriousness of the offense so um common grandparenting grandparents you can probably do what you were saying experiences are great educational items outdoor items specific needs like hey would you might you know my baby really needs 12 month old pants or you know, shoes or she loves board books or whatever it is and give them some suggestions. If you're tech savvy or they're tech savvy, um, a birthday list, 
um, or a Christmas gift list on Amazon or whatever you guys use. Um, lessons like a piano lessons or horseback riding lessons. Um, consumables like that, um, say, I don't know if you use bubble bath anymore. Maybe it's not, maybe it's not healthy. <laughs> healthy bubble bath and um, give them brand specific. Yes. <laughs> Do give brand specific, give us chalks, treats like that, and then dates with the grandparents. I love that. Give them the idea of, you know, doing a date. It can even just be go to ice cream or whatever. But then I was going to address the more extreme offenders where mm -hmm. it's really, um, so if you've let grandma or grandpa buy too many gifts for years without saying anything, and then all of a sudden you bring it up before the birthday, it can lead to a lot of hurt and misunderstandings. So, um, and they might wonder, why are you saying, why didn't you say something sooner? So after they've spent a lot of time and energy and money shopping for your stuff for your child. So just remember that you can't expect your grandparents to honor unspoken boundaries and preferences. So really try to set some boundaries in a gentle and loving way, always starting out with thanking them um, for loving your children and just put some sweetness on it before you start um, to say things. So I have a few, these are for the, the really tough ones that don't listen very much or don't really listen to you when you do say what you'd like, or they say, well, is that for you? Um, but like, do you remember when you bought XYZ? It's a lovely gift, but unfortunately we don't have anywhere to put it in it, our house. Um, they just might not be thinking about storage space. Um, also, you're always such a generous gift giver. Next time, would you mind waiting until birthday or Christmas? We want to make sure that our kids appreciate the gifts as something special and they won't take them for granted. Um, and then I want to thank you for X, Y, and Z you bought. However, we really must limit the number of X, Y, Z we have in our house. It's just a little overwhelming for Johnny and we simply don't have the space. Um, and then it also really helps if the parents whose parent is the offender initiates the conversation. Um, that tends to go better, uh, trying to explain to your in-laws, unless you have a better relationship with your in-laws. But for the most, most part, let it be the child of the offender. Um, and if they refuse and they just ignore you and don't listen to you, then the bigger issue, you know, you'll just have to figure out some consequences, such as giving it away. Like, I mean, if they're not checking, you can give it away. Um, give it as a gift to some other child or um, one of Hannah mentioned that that's what she has to do. <laughs> Sorry. But, um, and it's, and it's great. You're blessing somebody else with a great, cause usually grandma and grandpa gifts are pretty good. Um, and then just try to buy less yourself and just accept their gifts. Mm -hmm. um, and then if all else fails, just love them and smile. Say thank you. <laughs> okay, ladies, we have just, um, well, we're really short of time. Did, um, but does anybody have any great suggestions for the holidays for their kids that you just want to throw out there um, just to kind of get everybody ready for, for the holidays? 
Well, I put an advent list on you that did. outline. I did see so. that, so that's great. So did you guys look at that and have anything else that you thought wasn't on there that... Well, I would just say to remember that you set the tone for your home, and we've all heard that before, but especially for the holidays. So if you're finding a lot of pressure to do a lot of things, like even maybe that list overwhelmed you a little, and you're like, I need to stop at Target today and get all the green and red. Just take a deep breath, see that in yourself, and know like... Okay, these are just ideas. They're not supposed to be pressure. So I know for myself that being on social media during this time of year can be really, really hard because I feel like I've missed out on that skating rink or whatever. I mean, the kids are little, so I don't know, like seeing, going and seeing this parade that came through your neighborhood. Oh my goodness, my kid was in bed at six. Why didn't I keep them up? It's okay. It's really okay. So like look at social media as maybe some ideas instead of pressure. That's kind of my biggest thing. That's good. Um, I just have some points. Um, planning decorating times, because I guess it's it, to avoid stresses. Is mm -hmm. that what you're asking? Yeah. That's what yeah. I have. Um, planning the decorating times with your kids, if that's a stressful thing. Um, I love it, so um, we actually have a great time decorating. Um, don't try to go all over the place. Um, sometimes people feel like you have to do things. There's these expectations. Um, we did. We would go to Orange County Thanksgiving morning and then back to Temecula every year until um, COVID hit. And then we're now starting our own certain things that we can do. Um, <clears throat> whatever works best for your family, talk it over, obviously, with your husband and come to, you know, this discussion of an agreement. Um, maybe plan with, ex with extended family the week before, or day after, something like that. that. That would be helpful for us. That was never a thing. Um, we couldn't do that. Um, and then set a budget and try to stick to it. Um, one of my biggest things was, oh, I got to buy this gift because so-and-so and it wasn't on your budget and they spent $50. Now I got to do this. No, you don't. You can bake some goods or a nice Christmas card, but there's no keeping up and trying to keep up. It's, that's, that's not what it's about. Um, and then the advents for yourself, um, you know, there's the first songs of Christmas. I'm sure your mentor moms are sharing all these things already. And then um, I wanted to um, have Jackie, if you could just show and talk about what you do with your kids with the Advents that you have there.
That's great. We did Jotham's Journey every year. I love Jotham's Journey. It's a great book. So um, thank you, ladies. Can you thank our panel? Um, so just a couple of things that I heard them say. Um, too much freedom is not joy. So think about that with your kids when you're thinking, oh, they could just have their toys all over the place. And also, um, people over projects, you know. The goal is to love one another and not just to have a perfect house, right? So. That's a great idea. And we also used to, um, well, they were probably a little bit older than your kids are, but um, you know, fr from November and December, they were not allowed to buy anything for themselves, but they could earn money by doing little things in the house, and then they could use that money to buy gifts for other people. So, so you know, as your kids get older, it's great things to um, teach them. So. Um, Okay, and then I just wanted to let you know that when we come back in January, we're going to be talking about entrusting your children to the Lord. 